I'm Jen Germain with What's Good 206. This week, we're looking at young political game changers in Seattle who are working hard to affect change in our communities. Matt Donilon is the political director for Bill Bryan's campaign for governor. Matt got his start in politics as a freshman in college when he attended a meeting for the College Republican National Committee, or the CRNC. He was just 17 years old. And it was a lot of fun, and it was great, and it was challenging and fulfilling, and I loved it. And that was one event turned into two, turned into three, turned into doing stuff on campus, turned into working on a campaign. You know, I was volunteering and working on these campaigns, and I couldn't vote yet. To say that Matt is passionate about politics would be an understatement. While working with the CRNC, Matt helped completely re-strategize the organization's methods of reaching voters. I mean, we were absolutely winning the battle for young volunteers on campus, um, but we were losing the battle for young voters. You know, we would go to a campus, we'd grow a club to be one, two hundred people, you know, small schools, 50 or 100 people, things like that. And those were dedicated, active volunteers who would do a lot of work. Um, but we were taking them off campus. You know, we were everybody was taking them off campus to be, you know, door to door on the phones, doing rallies, doing things that were contacting voters um, over the age of thirty. And so we we started to not have a presence on campus designed to win votes. So we threw out the program and we said we're going to do things completely differently. And our focus was keeping people on campus, building relationships, and trying to win votes on campus. From 2013 to 2014, Matt served as the executive director of the CRNC while continuing to work on campaigns. He started using digital media as a way to reach young voters. Uh, The Virginia governor's race in 2013, uh, Terry McAuliffe versus Ken Cuccinelli, um, it was the very first thing that we did. We put together an ad campaign called Terry Fish based on the MTV show Catfish. You know, we focused on three main ways to reach millennial voters. Um, It's message, medium, and theme. And um, all three of those things are distinct and important. So message, you know, what is the content of what we're saying, lower taxes, you know, more efficient government, things like that. And then medium was where we really need to make some changes, which was, you know, you can't reach an 18 to 29 year old voter, 18 to 34 year old voter even really um, on television. You really can't reach them on the mail, uh, in the mail. You can't reach them on the phone easily. So how do you reach these voters? And we turned to digital and it was enormously successful. Um, And then theme, the last part about that was a relatability. We tend to walk in and say, these are the facts. These are all of them. You know, let's talk about it for a half hour. And at the end of that, you'll obviously vote for us. And if you spend that much time doing it, you tend to do that. But if you have 30 seconds to watch something, Um, we need to connect with you. Which is easier said than done. Throughout his experience, Matt has learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work when it comes to reaching voters. Like, for example, the political signs people post in their front yard. Yard signs are just the worst thing ever. You know, they they do nothing. I mean, they make people happy, um, but they don't actually translate into votes that are won. But you can see them and you can feel them and they're tangible. And I always joke around when people tell me, um, about putting signs up on some corner because the corner's full of signs. I'll be like, name three of the candidates whose signs were on the corner. And they'll kind of look at me and they maybe can think of one. 
In his role as political director for Bill Bryant, Matt's primary job is to win votes, which is not without difficulty in a city that hasn't elected a Republican governor since 1981. The challenge here is, you know, we as Republicans, as conservatives, you know, we are selling vegetables and exercise. And the other side is selling, you know, um, cake and diet pills. (laughs) And like deep down, deep down, you know that vegetables and exercise are what you need to do. Um, But, you know, you can ask any of my friends that does not reflect my personal diet, you know, um, and cake and diet pills are much better. And I say that as a joke, but it's sort of this comparison of, of... Deep down, the policies that we're that we're trying to communicate, um, they they fundamentally work better. But it's it's a lot harder to answer for them in a thirty second soundbite, and it's a lot easier to answer for them in a long, long conversation. And long conversations are not easily achieved in a time crunched, soundbite driven society. Most voters are focused on their families and their jobs and their commute and all the issues that they're facing. You know, they don't want somebody to knock on their door and say, sir, do you have, you know, the next, you know, four hours to talk about every issue? Ma'am, can you sit down with me and talk about education for, you know, the next day or come to this meeting? So it is, it's a challenge communicating essentially the correct ideas in such a brief amount of time. And, you know, the other side is just a master at the sound bites and the quips on this, and it just works for them. The other side, meaning the Democrats. It's always easier to be a Republican in a place where there's already a Republican. Once you can win, you'll continue to win. But we have to sell ideas that really work well in 30 minutes and not 30 seconds. For Matt, diving deep into an issue as opposed to scratching the surface of multiple issues is what's most important. Kind of our current state for the American political system, we try to solve incredibly complex problems with very simple answers. If we just do X, then Y. You know, if we just elect this person or enact this policy, then all will be fixed. Matt also feels that we need to be looking ahead and thinking long term about the policies and initiatives we are putting forth. He gives the example of the light rail transportation initiative, ST3, which Washington will vote on this November. You know, I have a huge problem with ST3 because, you know, we're talking billions of dollars invested in hard infrastructure rail when, you know, every major company that we know, many based here in Seattle, are teaming up to f- build self-driving cars, right? I mean, you, you name a major technology or just major company in this country, and they are probably teaming up with it a group of people to develop a self-driving car. You know, um, Tesla released their next model car, they announced their next model car a few years ago, or a few months ago, and um, my girlfriend and I put a deposit down. We put a deposit down on an all-electric car that didn't exist yet, and a quarter million people joined us in the first 24 hours. And so... When I look at a project like ST3, that's going to spend billions of dollars over decades on hard rail infrastructure, and I just say I, I can't, I can't think that that's the best idea. That's the best use of taxpayer money. You know, forty years from now, or something ridiculous, when the project is done, and it's gone a hundred percent over budget, the way it usually 
does. Um, are we going to look back and say that you know these rail tracks, the land, the space, the that was the best thing to do? Matt's theory is that car sharing will also overtake mass transit. Recent statistics support this idea. According to the Seattle Department of Transportation, 14% of car sharing members have given up owning a vehicle. You and I talked about this, I think, before we got started, that, you know, I don't have a, a car here. I take Uber pool everywhere. And, you know, I, I take an Uber carpool uh, for $4 basically everywhere I go. You know, what happens in five years when that's a dollar and it's a self-driving car? You know, no one's going to take rail but we're still going to be 30 years away from being done. It's evident that Matt's brain is wired for problem solving and critical thinking, which makes politics the perfect fit for him. You know, I had a PC repair business in high school. Um, I think I got broadband internet when I was like four or two or something like that. And, um, you know, always had extra computers in the house. And so I would fix them for people and give them back and then give me $20 and I turned that into a business. And so I was always a technology person. I was always a, a, an engineering person and a math person. And then kind of seeing this as, you know, kind of being pushed in the political world and seeing, you know, this, is, this isn't just art, it isn't just science, it's a combination of both. And it is absolutely the most challenging and fulfilling thing I'd kind of done instantly up to that point and it continues to be. Thank you so much for being here and for talking with me. It was really great to talk to you today. Thank you so much, Jennifer. This podcast was produced by me, Jen Germain. For more stories from What's Good 206, visit our page at kcts9.org.